Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I'm an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My co-host is my friend Sean. Good morning. And today we're discussing Chapter 14 of Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. In Chapter 14, they settle on a play, The Scandalous Lover's Vows. There's much talk about who is going to play who. Julia gets in a fit and leaves. Uh, then Fanny picks up the play and discovers what it's about and is appalled. I love this chapter. Yeah? She's spot on. On those conversations you have with people, as you said, that polite argument discussion where you're constantly giving way. A short parlay of compliment. Yes. And then you've also then got people who, under the guise of actually trying to compliment and persuade people that, you know, that role's not really, it's because they have an own ulterior motive. And we do it in our own lives, don't we, sometimes? You don't really want that piece of cake because you'd like the second piece of cake, but this is all the way through, the machinations. And meanwhile, Fanny's watching and she's amused. Now, I like that because I think these things are really difficult to portray in film, and I suspect Mm. this is part of the reason why she comes across as weak quite often. But she's watching that, and Jane Austen says she's amused, as you would be as an observer. She sees what's going on. Fanny looked on and listened, not unamused to observe the selfishness, which, more or less disguised, seemed to govern them all. She's got it. Absolutely spot on. She's such a keen observer. You've got Tom. He's totally oblivious to his sisters. He just wants to have a good laugh. Fair enough, actually. That probably would have been would have been fine. You've got the selfishness warring with the politeness. Yes. Uh, Mary Crawford. She politely keeps back her wishes, but she probably wants to do comedy like Tom Bertram. Mm. The two sisters, looking anxious, each felt the best claim to Agatha and was hoping to have it pressed on her by the rest. It's fabulous. You just have to really listen to it and you can observe it. You can see it happening. They go through this whole scroll of plays before finally settling on, by chance, from Tom's perspective, Lover's Round. And I imagine they're all quite well-known plays. We don't know. We know the Shakespeare, but we don't know the other ones. I know The Rivals and School for Scandal. I haven't heard of Douglas nor The Gamester. What about Wheel of Fortune or Ear at Law? Neither of those two. And a long etc. So there's obviously a lot of them. What's interesting, though, is they must have these plays in the library at Mansfield Park. As would Austen, they did a lot of amateur dramatics, so mm. these were plays they would have done. It comes on later towards the end, skipping a bit, which we'll go back to. Fanny's reading through it, her curiosity all awake, and ran through it with an eagerness which was suspended only by intervals of astonishment that it could be proposed and accepted in a private theatre. Now, that's an interesting line. So is this something that you would go and see in a public theatre. I think there's evidence that Jane Austen actually saw Lover's Vows on stage. Is it the sort of thing that could be done in a public theatre because they were true actresses and actors playing those parts? I think so. Rather than what you're going to have here is the daughter of the house playing the part of a... Unwed mother. Unwed mother. 
Fanny goes on to think it is so totally improper for home representation. Yeah. So she doesn't think it's bad to necessarily watch in the theatre, but at home. Uh, she talks about the woman, the situation of one, the language of the other, so unfit to be expressed by any woman of modesty. And actresses were thought of as a different thing altogether. Yes, and they could get away with this. These were not things that you would do as a gentrywoman. This whole part of the book is really hard for modern sensibilities to understand because we think it's just a play. I mean, goodness Why me. Why does it matter? We're brought up on things like Nine and a Half Weeks and Fifty Shades of Grey and everything. The idea of lover's vows seems quite innocuous. You need to understand the context. It's so important. I think the thing that really stands out, even before they chose a specific play, is that the head of the household, Sir Thomas Bertram, would not have been happy with his daughter's acting. Not at all. He obviously was not unhappy with them acting because he had plays in his library that were suitable for putting on at home. Oh, no, Edmund very clearly said Sir Thomas would not want his daughter's acting. Ah, apologies. But it's But maybe not with all the, you could argue, semi-strangers. I mean, what do they know about Mr Yates? They're not family. He's just turned up. And even the Crawfords are... New? They've only been around for like eight weeks. They're not family and they're not long-standing friends. But and yeah, Mr Rush was the thickest two short blanks, really. I think it's different when they're children to be acting, but when they're grown women, certain conduct is expected of them. And I think particularly with anything like some of these parts, young married women should not be playing some of these parts. Actresses were not thought better than almost prostitutes. A, a lot of men had mistresses that were actresses. Mm. And pretending to be one for a woman of a certain rank is not okay. No. They're going full tilt into this, though. They I... enlarge their plan <laughs> and expense, and within two or three days, they've already making curtains and making a stage. Hired the carpenter, and they still haven't chosen their play. <laughs> And an enormous roll of green bays from Northampton, with a saving by her good management. We both looked at each other when you struggled to say determinateness. We would say determination now, wouldn't we? Yes. So I really must look, because I've never seen that written down. Is that an archaic form? Must be, because it's certainly not something that we would use now. That's the interesting thing with Austen, when you read her you kind of skip over the words that you don't know but when you read her aloud you stumble over them and go I actually am not sure what that means I'm actually not sure how to say it but when you're just not reading aloud you're just reading quietly your brain will skip over it and fill it in and it'll go I know what that means by context yes therefore I do not need to actually look at that word itself Mr. Yates is super excited that they decide to do Lover's Vows because then mm, he can be the mm. baron. And there's a hilarious bit that when he was at Ecclesfield, he had grudged every rant of Lord Ravenshaw's and been forced to re-rant it all in his own room. <laughs> such a, he's such a dork. He's hilarious. <laughs> but he seems to already be caring about Julia. I put an exclamation mark there because I felt that was evidence of chivalry right at the beginning he says you know that was your not... sister to to play the cottager's wife it is an insult to propose it yes i think he's already got feelings for julia at this point well i think he certainly likes her which puts him in a far far better he's silly 
He is. He's silly, but he's not mean. And he's certainly not manipulative. I mean, he's so no. obviously out there. He's um, not and manipulative. And we see Mr. Crawford very clearly trying to manipulate oh, Julia. Oh, goodness me. But she sees it too. I know. And that's, and, and that's the other thing. Is she glances at Mariah and there's a smile of triumph for Mariah. And yes. she knows yes. that it's a scheme, a trick. Yes. Injury to herself. Yes. She can see what he's about now. She's becoming much more observant. And while she's still young, she still wants to do these wonderful parts. He's trying to convince her to be Amelia. He was only trying to soothe and pacify her and make her overlook the previous affront. She distrusted him. I love that line she comes in with. You do not seem afraid of not keeping your countenance when I come in with a basket of provisions. But it is only as Agatha that I was to be so overpowering. And Mr. Crawford looked rather foolish. Yes. Fanny, again, as observer, feels compassion for her. Yes. She had been a quiet auditor of the whole Mm. and could not think of her as under agitations of jealousy without great pity. Jealousy is italicised in mine, and Mm. I wonder if that's a fellow feeling that she's recognising in Julia what she's feeling in herself when she sees Edmund Mm. with Miss Crawford. That's a very, very good point. But I think the other key thing, what I also pick up from there, and that just might be me reading it into, she recognises that Henry Crawford is not worthy of that jealousy. Oh, you think so? You think Julia's starting to put him in his place a little bit? Or you think Fanny thinks that? I think Fanny thinks that the scales are dropping from Julia's eyes, so she's less likely to be manipulated. But obviously she's very worried about Mariah. It's interesting that Mariah brings up the fact that Mr Crawford is short in order to ensure that Mr Crawford gets the part that she wants him to have so she can play opposite him. But it keeps being brought up by people. I know. You'd think he should be tall, dark and handsome, but he doesn't need to be. He can be short and charming. That's probably a compensation for not being tall. (laughs) You think that's part of the reason he is the way he is? Yes. And that is our summary of Chapter 14 of Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me. But if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo. uh, Some Jane Austen merch. And some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride Focus merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!